Alright guys, how you doing? Welcome back to another edition of the FPL Updates podcast. It's getting to that stage of the season where we're getting the tissues out because it's nearly over. I'm going to have a summer of nothing to do on our computers. FPL is coming to an end, so we've got four people to discuss it with. Um, with Yusuf, with Kurt, uh, with Jacob and with Mark, who are the two boys, the top dogs from FPL Updates. Um... So this is the first time for Mark and Jacob. Just just sum up how your, your FPL season's gone so far. How's the rank looking? Um, mine's been all right, to be honest. Uh, it was a tough start to the season, but uh, things have picked up now. Uh, I'm into the nearly into the top 5K now overall, so it's, it's been quite a strong strong end. Um, I never thought I'd be up up where I am right now at the start of the season when I had Memphis Depay in the team and, and co. So, yeah, it's been all right. Uh, yeah, for me, I've uh, had a mixed season. I, well, had the frustration of dropping down to about 600k in game week 25 or something like that. But I've managed to recover a 70k rank now. Um, since then, it's been green arrows consistently, which is quite nice. Um, thanks to, I guess, mainly planning the uh, good use of the chips in double game weeks. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, banking on having 15 double game weekers for bench boost and things like that so uh yeah I'm, I'm quite happy with the recovery i've made anyway so uh only one game week left 37's just happened the last double game week let's see how everyone got uh, got on because there was quite a, a range of, of things that went on we had with loads of people even triple captaining andy carroll um which just looks ludicrous now um we've got some people captaining van arnholt so so yusuf kick us off how, how did 37 pan out for you it, it didn't go very well, to be honest. <laughs> I got one point under average, um, and I used the uh, bench boost as well, so it's been a terrible week for me. Um, so yeah, I got loads of. I had like, for example, Gabriel zero points, Milner King one point, and it's just it's been poor for me. So I used the bench boost as well. Fair to say, I was, I was it was quite jammy. I scored a hundred and four. Um, you know, jammy stuff like Firmino coming on and scoring, Van Arnholt, Winston Reid scoring a goal. You know, sometimes you just need that little bit of luck. Charlie Daniels getting three bonus points when he did nothing. Um, so I managed to score 104. How did you get on, Kurt? Pretty decent uh, pretty decent game week. I mean, I've, I've been constantly saying I don't see the point in having all-out attack, and I decided to play it, and it went pretty well because I rested three of my defenders, nothing in total. Just saw they got four points between them, as one of them was Alderweireld, one of them was Koscielny, one of them was Simpson. But a captain, I, I took the risk of getting rid of Kane and bringing Hazard in, and that went well. I got um, Martial just to sort of level the books of Price, and he did well, Defoe did well. So in the end, I've, I, I think I had a strong end to the season. Sounds very good. What about you, Jacob? Uh, how did it go for you? Do you use any special chips? Um, I used the bench boost. I used the triple captain um, back in the other double game week, and I. I used it on Sanchez, so uh, that that was a bit of a relief. And then uh, bench boost this week, it was okay. I was too short of the century, so 98, um, which was a bit frustrating because I had Cathcart on the bench scoring own goal. So um, if you hadn't have done that, I'd have been into into the century. But I'll take it. It's meant to make you score better, not worse. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Mark? 
well, I scored a healthy 91. I was, was really hoping for more, to be honest, because I played my wild card in the week before. Um, and I had 14 double game week. I was only hanging on to Sanchez, who had a single game this week. Um, and then, yeah, obviously used my bench boost. Um, so my highest scorer, I captain Payet, which uh, paid off, really, because he was my highest scorer. And then behind him, I had Manone with a clean sheet, thanks to last night's result. Um, and Defoe, of course, bagging a goal as well. Um, so, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. So... The season's nearly over, the, the title's been decided, the relegation's been decided, so we're going to the final game week with not that many teams having things to play for. It's particularly the European places they're going for. Cut, cut. how do you go about going uh, forward with a game week like this? Is it just a case of getting the Manchester players in? Because really, is it, there's not really much to fight for now. Yeah, uh, there's nothing, you know, you look at the table... And there's everyone's just fighting for pride. I mean, you got nothing going. You got teams out of form, and you got. It might be worth making a few uh, risks as well because I know Swansea have been in a bit of form recently, and they've got Man City, so they could look to overturn the books. But I think it's generally focus on Man City, Man United, and West Ham players because they're the only real teams fighting for anything now. Now, Yusuf, there is the elusive fixture that everyone's been talking about. That is Arsenal at home to Aston Villa it, it could be a, a cricket score what, what do you think will be key in that game key uh, probably get um, as many Arsenal attackers as you can uh, maybe defence as well defensive wise uh, you see I've got a feeling Walker Walker always manages to, to do something at the end of the season and I could see him probably scoring a hat-trick against Aston Villa um, Giroud as well and it probably will be a clean sheet so why not get if you've already got Bellerin so yeah it, that, that's a really good game to pick up points I think especially if you've got Arsenal players Jacob do any other fixtures tickle your fancy on the um, on the final day uh, the City one against Swansea City obviously want to get the Champions League football and they, they really need to win because you would have thought Man United beat Bournemouth at home uh, so Aguero could be worth a punt maybe um, if you're not going to go with an Arsenal Arsenal captain maybe Aguero Mark could you see any sort of fringe players looking to prove a point having a good game week because we, we saw players last week like uh, Dwight Gale for instance we've seen Ihanacho perform is there anyone you think on this last day that will look to sort of play well whereas their team won't play well to stake a claim to be in the starting 11 next season well, I think we need to think sooner than that. I mean, obviously, we had the Euros over the summer, so I think a lot of players will be trying to prove themselves in this last opportunity before squads are picked. Um, I think, it's, you know, it's already been mentioned, but I think Walcott needs to have a big week in, in order to be even considered. Um, I mean, obviously, the injury to Welbeck has done his Euro hopes probably a, a couple of favours, but I think he still needs to, to do something. Um, and hopefully for him, he gets the opportunity to do it. I, I also think that uh, Southampton have got a pretty good fixture in a game against Palace. Um, they always seem to end the season strongly. So I, I, I can see that being a, a pretty good result for Southampton as well. Interesting point there about the Euros coming up. Kurt, we had a little discussion uh, about this before we came on. We said Rui Hodgson was at the West Ham and United game. 
and looking at Jesse Lingard, we think. Do you think he could have a good game at home to Bournemouth? I think it's an opportunity for him. I mean, Bournemouth, uh, you know, they've not got the best defence. And in recent weeks, they have conceded quite a few. And we have, have got a lack of wide players. I mean, you look at the likes of Sterling, and that's all you've got when you think about actual wingers. And Lingard, you could consider in that winger category. So it's a chance for him to impress and maybe get in for the fact, you know, because we've barely got any wingers, it could be a chance for Lingard just to sneak into... Hodgson's plans and really impress him. So, Kurt, stay with you here, looking at that those fixtures, everyone playing at the same time. Who are you thinking about captaincy-wise? It's, it's, it's tough. Because uh, as well as I want to look at the top three, I think, for me, you've got to look at you know the fact that Manchester United, they've got... They've got Bournemouth at home. I've got Anthony Martial on my team. He had a good performance against West Ham. He didn't play against Norwich's injury, but he scored against Leicester as well. And I just feel like I would play it safe and go for Payet, but Martial's in form and he's looking to impress the French boss. Um, talking about the Euros, so I feel like I'll be going with Martial for this week. Interesting stuff there. I'll be going Payet. I, I don't think it's that safe a choice because you know Stoke will want to finish on a high. They can still finish above Chelsea. Um, you know, Mark Hughes might want the Everton job. He might be uh, wanting to prove a point. What you've got to remember about West Ham in that game is is that they don't. It's, it's not they want to get in the Europa League, but there's, there's there's a slight twist on it because depending on where they finish, they're going to have an issue at which what stadium to use for the Europa League. So say they get in like the second qualifying round, they may actually have to to play in. Well, at the moment, it's going to be in a park because the Berlin ground will be knocked down. The Olympic Stadium won't be ready. So they really need to win that game or it could get awkward. We don't want to be playing at White Hot Lane. So I'm going to go for Payet. Yusuf, who's your captain going to be? Um, I've got a feeling uh, Alexis Sanchez uh, for captain because it's against Aston Villa. It's at home. I know Arsenal haven't been brilliant at, that at home. They haven't impressed their fans. But Sanchez, he, he looks like he's been scoring every game, picking up the points, and it's against Villa, so you never know, he might have got a hat trick. But do you think do you think Wenger will still play him? You think, or do you, maybe he'll give some youngsters a chance? He might want to rest Alexis uh, ahead of the Copa America. Um, I'm not sure because I haven't really seen Wenger being someone who brings on youngsters apart from Iwobi and possibly someone else. But um. No, I think Sanchez will play, definitely. So we've got Payet, we've got Sanchez, we've got Martial. Jacob, is it one of those three for you or is it someone else? Um, for me, I think it's between three players. You've got Alexis Sanchez, obviously, we've mentioned against Aston Villa. Um, I sort of alluded to it earlier. Uh, Aguero against Swansea, as so they're trying to look to bag that last Champions League spot. But you've also got Harry Kane in the mix against a relegated Newcastle. Um, he's still looking to get that golden boot. He's still up there, so he might be worth a punt as well. Something very interesting there, the golden boot race. It is pretty much, probably more exciting than, than what's left in the league. Three players going for it. So, Mark, could you make a case for Jamie Vardy? Uh, oh, that's a tough one. I mean, Chelsea have looked improved, I would say. Uh, wouldn't go any further than that over the last couple of games. Hazard seems to have shown up uh, I know there were a few jokes going around last night saying who's Chelsea's new number 10 um, 
I, I think that's going to be a difficult game for Leicester. I mean, the, the, they're going to be on a high, obviously, from winning the league. Um, I don't know. There's something about that tie where it's the current, cha- well, the champions of last season versus the champions in this season. I, I, I just, I can't see it being very free scoring. I think it's going to be quite low scoring. Um, for me, I don't have Aguero or Kane in my team, although I do have one transfer this week, so that's still to be decided. Um, I'm going to avoid Liverpool players because there's bound to be rotation with the Europa League coming up next week. Obviously, Sanchez is the obvious option, but I think Defoe is worth a shout as well. He's away at Vicarage Road. Um, I think Watford have been pretty poor this year. Um, they obviously did their work in the early part of the season, and I think Sunderland will be on the high from obviously you know, keeping their Premier League status, and I think Defoe's going to put in a good performance this weekend. Kurt, do you think Jermaine Defoe, um, a, a proven Premier League scorer, is, is, is one we've missed out on this season? Because you often get put off by the club they play for, you know, you're at Sunderland, I'm, I'm not going to pick him, but Jermaine Defoe, you know, season after season, he proves he's got what it takes in the Premier League. Do you think it's you've got to judge players more than just by the team they play for? I, I've always looked at it as I, I, I try and at the start, although it never works, and I always end up using my wild card in the first few weeks. But judging players on how important they are, and this season Defoe has basically been Sunderland. As without Defoe's goals, you take Defoe's goals out of it, they're relegated. And I feel like it is missed. I didn't, I didn't go for him until at least uh, you know probably about February time when. You know, he's bringing up points, but it was it was a bit too late. But I think it's definitely um, it's one missed, but it's also maybe one for next season we can look out for. Yusuf, is there anyone else you've been looking at? You think you know in the summer I'm going to get them in my team? In the summer, what for for next season? You mean? Yeah, for the new season when the game refreshes in the summer. Uh. Someone to look at. Uh, Lanzini for West Ham, if, they, if he stays. Uh, he looks really impressive, you know, the way he plays. He, he looks like someone who can pick up loads of assists and score as well. Um, someone else, probably Mares. Stick with Mares <laughs> next season. I don't think. I don't think he's a one one season uh, star. I actually think he can carry on next season if he well, stays. Will he, will he still be there? That's the thing. <laughs> uh, we can't. We don't know, do we? But but if he does stay, then definitely should choose him. What about you, Jacob? Have you, is there anyone you're thinking? You know, maybe first day of next season they might do a job for me. I think I think it's quite difficult um, to look that far ahead, really. Uh, you obviously have your staple players, you know, like sort of Aguero, Alexis Sanchez, those players that are sort of somewhat consistent. You can rely on them to a certain extent. Um, it comes to more the pre-season where you start finding your differentials. Uh, with the Riyad Mahrez, um, obviously you picked up on that, Dean, this season. Um, the season before that, it was Gilfrey Sigurdsson, who was performing really well in the pre-season, and he went sort of under the radar. Um, and this this uh, summer we also have the Euro, so we can bear that in mind as well as the pre-season. So um, I think we'd have to pay a lot of attention um, to the upcoming competitions, really. Before, obviously, Jacob, this is the first time on the podcast uh, for you. When you when you look at when you look back at the season, what what have been your 
sort of FPL highlights? How do you think the season's panned out overall? I think it's been a brilliant season. Um, lots of highs and lows. <laughs> really, really unpredictable. Um, I don't think we're done yet. I think we've got another game week that, you know, Aston Villa could even shock everyone and, and beat Arsenal at the Emirates. It's just one of those seasons that could happen. Um, but highlights, um, in fantasy football terms, I think triple captain Alexis Sanchez was my highlight. I, I went to the Emirates and watched the uh, the game where he scored two. Um, uh, it was quite a relief because he went into that game not really returning much as a triple captain. Um, and after the first half, it was it was brilliant. Um, thoroughly enjoyed that match. But it's been a brilliant season overall. It's been great. What about you, Mark? I know you talked about your fluctuating rank, but have you have you enjoyed the uh, the highs and lows of it? Yeah, definitely. I think you know, in past seasons, it's sort of been well, comparing it to this season anyway, it's been a lot easier to pick a team. Um, this season, it's been all over the place. You know, there's been your standard players that feature in every team, but then you know some teams pull out performances week after week that you're just not expecting. I mean, you know, look at the last two Swansea games as an example. I don't think anyone expected them to pull out big wins against Liverpool and West Ham. Um, Leicester winning the league is, is the obvious uh, surprise of the season. Um, I was quite happy with uh, my selection of Igalo at the beginning of the season. Um, he was my budget striker that I'd been watching um last season in the championship for a few games and saw what he could do. Um, I managed to bring him in before he started his, uh, his goal run um, up until Christmas last year. So that was probably my highlight. Now, Kirk, uh, Mark's touched on that he's a uh, Igalo won the choice there. You're a Sheffield Wednesday fan. You know all about what it takes to get promoted. Not Middlesbrough and Burnley have uh, come up. You know, anyone there you think might do a job in this game? Maybe Jordan Rhodes? I think Jordan Rhodes... For me, Jordan... Like Watching Sheffield Wednesday for a few years, I've learned a lot about the championship. And I think Jordan Rhodes is a bit overhyped because everyone is saying he's this, he's that, but he's never got a big move until he moved to Middlesbrough. I think Andre Gray is definitely one to look at. He's been in sensational form. I mean... People were questioning when Burnley bought him for, I think, you know, nine, ten million pounds. And I think he's proved absolutely everyone wrong. And I think next season he's only set to continue his, his fine form into the Premier League. Jacob, Mark talked about Igalo there. Do you think when you look at stats of a player in a championship, do you think they're misleading because the league's perhaps easier? Or do you think they are representative of the player and the abilities they have? Obviously, to a certain extent, they will be uh, representative of, of the player, but um, they can be <laughs> misleading. Um, one of the ones I fell into the trap of was last season with Burnley. I brought in Kieran Trippier. He had um, a tremendous number of assists in the championship, and when it came to the Premier League, he didn't return anything like um, anything like what he had done in the previous season. So, so it is quite difficult um, to pick up someone who will uh, start straight away. At the start of this season, we were all looking towards Dini, and not many were going towards Igalo. Um, many were looking at Callum Wilson as well, again, ignoring Igalo, uh, who was the one that 
scored the most points. So it is somewhat misleading, but it is good to get an idea of what's about there. And it also depends on their, their price as well in the game. So, yeah. Dini and Nigalo both in double figures now um, going into the final game. Yusuf, of course, people still have leagues they're competing in. They want to win them. Um, you're not going to win yours, though. Going into the final game week, any differentials you think we should be looking at, perhaps? Troy Dini, though, seems to be picked up on a lot now. Any differentials you think in, in 38? Not not the obvious ones. Uh, not sure. <laughs> uh, differentials... Probably bring Dini in, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's really tough, this. Uh, I don't know. I think you should stick with the... Um, with the United game and the Arsenal like sort of teams maybe bring in someone like Rashford I think or or, or what's it called um, maybe Iwobi as well if he, if, he, if, he, if he gets played but yeah I'm not too sure about that Now looking at the Twitter we've just had a question come in from Mr Craig Beavers he wants each of you to sum up the season in three words so Kurt three words and only three words Sum it up. Uh, <laughs> my English skills are probably going to fail me here, but I'm pretty sure it's one word. Leicester City Fairy Tale. I think Fairy Tale is one word. You know what? I would Google it, but who cares? <laughs> uh, for three words. Uh, Leicester Amazing Season. Love <laughs> <laughs> Carter gave me some inspiration for that one. What about you, Jacob? Uh, having a party. Oh, I, I love that. <laughs> Left orientated now, Mark. It's got to be. I think mine's just more generic than that. It's just world's best league. I think you know this season summed up that the Premier League is the best league in the world, without a doubt. What do you think? Yeah, I can second that. or in terms of quality? See, that's, that's quite difficult because some of the, the bigger names uh, end up in your typical Real Madrid-Barcelona squads. Um, Bayern Munich, of course, as well. But I think in, in terms of competitiveness, I think definitely Premier League. Uh, this season's thrown up loads of surprises, as I, as I mentioned earlier. Um, obviously, the main one being Leicester winning the league. So I, I, I just think that just sums up that the Premier League is the best league in the world, for sure. It's interesting because if you think, Jacob, if if we were playing this game and it was La Liga, it would be very, very difficult to have players who don't play for the big three. If you think about it, you know, who would you pick that's not in the big three? I haven't even got a clue. Um, but that's the thing, isn't it? it it's almost <laughs> too easy if, if, it was a, if it was a league like La Liga because you just get the big hitters in. And do, do you think that what that's what makes... The, uh, the English Premier League special, the uh, the uncertainty of what's going to happen every week. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you looked at the Liga, you'd you'll be having Messi, Ronaldo. You, you know, you'd struggle to even fit fit the players you wanted in there because of the budget. Um, that's if you had a budget. But yeah, that that is why I think as well. I have to agree with Mark that this is the best league. So. Considering the stats those Barcelona guys have, the Real Madrid guys have, say Messi and Suarez are in the game, how much do you think they would cost? 
Got to be up in 14 mil. What about you, Mark? It's, it's quite hefty, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, they're going to be placed higher than Aguero, aren't they? So it's got to be around 14 mil, for sure. Now, we've got a question in here uh, from Ominous Feet, Yusuf. What have the, the the chips, the new chips in the game taught you for next season? Um, what have they taught me? Well, it's taught me that, um, what's it called? The all-out attack one's pointless, I think, for me. I don't, I don't think you really pick any points up with that one. Um, uh, say, like, for example... The bench boost and triple captain, I think it's the best time to use them is obviously in your double game week. So that, that's one thing that I've learned uh, this season is that double game weeks are very crucial on uh, on picking up points. And I think those were, those are when the wild card should be played, really. Now, Jacob, we had uh, we, we spoke about this on a, on a podcast earlier in the season. Just... In terms of the chips, do you expect them to stay? Do you expect any more to be brought in? Do you expect all that attack to, to, to go? It's um, it's interesting because we didn't, everyone thought it would just be the same this season. Um, so whether they'll add, add some, change them, no one really knows. Um, it's, it's, it definitely brings a bit more to the game. Um, it makes you be a bit more patient make you use the chips at the right time and it separates the sort of casual player who quits at about Christmas and those that continue on to the end of the season um, so yeah I don't, I don't know they might they might change it they might bring new ones in but I have to agree with you so if they're all out of attack um, you end up benching defenders that keep clean sheets um, <laughs> and it, it didn't didn't really work out for me I think I broke about even um, but I have seen some where they've benched defenders that have scored, and so yeah, it, it is a bit a bit difficult. We've got another question in here from Andy Duna, Mark, uh, and he wants to know, Mark, thoughts on Shane Long in for Defoe this weekend? Hmm, that's an interesting one. Um, I mean, I can't see, I can't see Defoe being rotated. I, I mean, I'm, I imagine he's going to start. Um, and as I said earlier, I think Watford haven't been at the races this year. I, I think it's a, a golden opportunity for Sunderland to finish the season on even more of a high and create more of a gap between them and their relegation rivals. Um, but as I said as well, Southampton have got a brilliant game. In, you know, They've got Palace coming to visit them. And Southampton's end-of-season form has just been you know, formidable. Like... Their performance against City, um, just unbelievable. Mane is just ridiculous at the end of the season. Tadic has been putting assists in for fun. Um, so I think with those two players sitting behind the strikers for Southampton, Long is definitely a viable option for sure. I think if you've got a transfer and you know you've you've got nowhere else to play it and you want to use it, then that's definitely a, a good option to take. Do you expect Southampton to uh, to keep all their players? They have a history of selling everyone every summer. Do you think they can hold on to them this time? Um, it, it's it's a strange one with Southampton because you see season after or 
pretty much since they've been in the Premier League, every season one or two big players will go and everyone will say, oh, well, now we'll see you know, Southampton slide down. And this season it was the same when Schneiderlin left and it was, oh, they're not going to be able to play Schneiderlin. They didn't bring anyone in. And they still end up in the same position they do. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I think they, sh- they should be able to. I mean, there's not really anyone that's been outstanding as such. I mean, you can look at Mane maybe getting a move away. And apart from that, you've got no one else I can see getting a, a big move to another club that, you know, is going to enhance their career. So I think it could be a, a good season for Southampton to try and build on what they've got and maybe move towards top four. Well, Jacob, we talked about the chips and the changes coming in from last summer we had no idea about. Kurt talks about Schneidlin there. Defensive midfielders on this game simply do not get the recognition they deserve. Could we see a change in the point system, do you think, for the defensive midfielder? Considering this season, when you look at a player like Kante, who's on the, the PFA shortlist, on the game, to put it bluntly, he's been useless in terms of points. Do you think they will do anything for the defensive midfielders? Um, I don't know. It, do, it does feel uh, a bit wrong that players such as Kante, which you alluded to, and um, Matic was a good example last season, and they don't get any points, <laughs> as you say, to put it bluntly. He, he has been useless, yet he's been one of their best players. Um, so whether or not they bring Sank in, I think it would be a good twist because no one picks them. Um, whether they get some sort of clean sheet bonus or something along those lines, but then who's to say one week they won't play a bit further forward? Um, it's a difficult one. I think I saw one thing at the start of this season where... I'm not sure what exactly it was, but they said they changed the bonus point system for goalkeepers because you look at goalkeepers from last season, the amount of bonus points they got, it was, you know, very few. And then this it's season, you've seen keepers get loads and loads of bonus points. Maybe a change so that defensive midfielders that do get the inceptions and get a few more bonus points, you know, each season. Well, of course, goalkeepers get points for saves, don't they? Do you think Do you think they should give them to defensive midfielders for interceptions? Uh, it's a possibility but I think then you've got to add tackles in for defenders to make it fair you've got to add maybe shots in for strikers passes in maybe for midfielders for everyone and then the points just go up and up and up and I think it gets a, might get a bit out of hand to be honest Fair enough Yusuf got another question in here from our camp 10 who would like to know well, he's 42 points behind his mate in first place. What is the best approach for him this weekend? Best approach? <laughs> well, basically... Well, uh, one thing would be is looking at the players he's got, seeing what the, the, the fixtures, that they're, like who they're up against. For example, Chelsea-Leicester. You try and not have those players because it's going to be a tough game you should look at the games that we've been talking about earlier in the podcast for example Arsenal Aston Villa and possibly see who you can captain because say someone like Sanchez manages to score assists and picks up like, loads of points and you captain him then and your mate doesn't you you could end up overtaking him so it's obviously looking at those sort of players now we're going to end with a question I'm going to put to everyone. Um, 
In terms of on the game, we'll start with Kurt. What has Leicester winning the league taught you about your FPL decision making? Um, that usually it's all clueless at the start and you've got to wait a few weeks to see how people are playing and you've never really got to underestimate teams that are in form. You, sir? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the same, really. Don't, don't go like for all the um, expensive players. Probably look at uh, some bargain players, for example... Yeah, because of, of course, well, if, if you pick Leicester Wilson. players at the beginning, you'd have 50 million left over. That's not the end of the world, though, is it, Jacob, if you've got 50 mil left over, but your players are getting six, seven, eight every week? No, definitely not. Um, my issue was I just didn't jump on the Leicester City players early early enough. I, I got Mares, but um, that was probably maybe game week four or five, uh, and I didn't get Vardy until... Um, it was about when he broke the record, so um, I sort of lost ground a little bit there. Uh, I made it up, but I could, you never know, I could be winning the game right now if I jumped on Vardy. And finally, Mark, you know, Leicester winning the league, would that change your approach going into next season? Yeah, I think so. I think the hardcore FPL players, such as, such as ourselves, I think we maybe become a bit stubborn in terms of we know the game, we know... We know who's going to perform. We we predict the results, but it's not always about reputation of the team. I mean, I I didn't jump on Vardy until probably his last goal in his consecutive goal run uh, that broke the record. Um, I was stubborn, and I, w- I was stubborn with a lot of Leicester players, to be honest, because I thought you know it's 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 not right because it doesn't match reputation. I think you don't want to go too early so you're like you're jumping on the bandwagon but you don't want to go too late because then you're being stubborn about reputation i think you've got to go with form um that is the the key number one rule i would say in terms of fpl very true indeed i think we pretty much nearly everyone was waiting um for them to to capitulate for it to end but it simply did not that is going to conclude the podcast of this week my thanks to mark jacob yusuf and kurt for coming on cheers guys thank you Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. What a 